Hi, love. I'm Nicole Weston, and you are listening to Redefining Motherhood More Than Moms. In this community, we focus on creating a safe and sacred space for us to cultivate loving, gentle, and compassionate relationships with ourselves first so that we can be present in our relationships with our partner and children and be the best mom we can be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Redefining Motherhood. Today, I am so excited and so grateful. I am sitting down with the amazing Jennifer Kalari. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, you're welcome. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Jennifer Kalari is one of the nation's leading parenting experts. Jennifer is a highly sought after international speaker and the founder of Connected Parenting a child and family therapist with a busy practice based in Toronto and San Diego. Kalari is also the author of Connected Parenting, How to Raise a Great Kid, and You're Ruining My Life, but not really, Surviving the Teenager Years with Connected Parenting. Kalari is a frequent guest on Canada AM, CBC, Breakfast Television, CTV News Channel, and Global's The Morning Show. Her advice can be found in many Canadian and U.S. magazines, such as Today's Parent, Redbook, Parents Magazine, and Canadian Family. Kalari is on Chatelaine's Magazine's Health Advisory Board and entertains and educates audiences with her powerful parenting model based on the neurobiology of love. Kalari's wisdom, quick wit, and down-to-earth style helps parents navigate modern-day parenting problems, offering real-life examples, as well as practical and effective tools and strategies. Her highly entertaining, inspiring workshops are shared with warmth and humor, making her a crowd-pleasing speaker with schools, medical professionals, corporations, and agencies throughout North America, Europe, and Asia. We have so much greatness to talk about today, and I am so honored. I think this message is so timely, but I would love for you to share a little bit about you know, motherhood and a little bit about who you are from that motherhood sure. journey. Absolutely. Well, you know what I'll start with? I'll start with, I'll start with sort of where connected parenting came from. Cause it was long before I was a mother myself, but it's, it's in, it, it's in an environment where I had to be very nurturing and very maternal. So when I finished my undergraduate degree in psychology, this is going back a long time and we're going back like 30 years. <laughs> um, I, I worked in a group home for street kids. Mm-hmm. And this was a place where the children were 11 to 16 years old. All of them had been physically abused, sexually abused, deeply, deeply traumatized. They'd been through some terrible things. Mm -hmm. We were trained to be very military and don't turn your back on these kids and don't let them suck you in and like be really tough on them. And that was our training. Um, And at night it was like, just say goodnight and slam the door. And I physically could not do that. I really couldn't like they're babies. They're 11 and 12. Yeah. So I would sit on their beds and I would um, tell them bedtime stories and I'd rub their backs and I would sing them lullabies. And these really tough, intense kids would melt into this bedtime routine. Mm. And I found the next day when it was time to get me to, you know, to get those kids to do the things I needed them to do, they were much more likely to do it for me. Right. So that connection, that moment where we really um, had this deep connection with each other translated to compliance and trust and all kinds of amazing things. So it was interesting because the staff were like, oh, she's a bleeding heart. They're going to take advantage of her. They're going to walk all over her. And that didn't happen, actually. Right. Right. And that, I think, was the beginning of connected parenting. Right. And that, that was the beginning sense. of being a mom, I think, too. Like, I, that's the kind of mother I wanted to be. It's also when I realized, oh, that's how you change people. 
Like that's how you make change happen. That's how you get compliance for the right reasons because of this connection. These were, and these were tough kids. Like, I mean, they would riot and they were physically violent and aggressive. So if it can work there, yeah. it can work anywhere. Yeah, totally. And I love how you said too, that it was that it built that trust, right? Like it's when you were describing that, I just totally pictured the connection of heart to heart, you know, like, it's like, you see me and I see you and we are, you know, in this together, we're humans and yes. I get you. And I think yes. that goes a very long way. Um, so now share with us, so you said that was over 30 years ago yes. and you know, we've talked, um, a little bit about, you know, children, how they are so different now and how yes. we have such a, a responsibility to meet them where they're at and how different they are. And I would love to hear that, like share with our listeners Absolutely. what that means. Yeah. So, I mean, and I've been doing this a long time and I'm a mom, so I have three kids myself, but my kids are much older. They're 26, 24, and 16. Mm -hmm. um, and I've noticed both as a therapist and even being a parent of kids where there's such a big gap, it's a 10 year gap between you know, my little one and my other two, um, that the world is different. Kids are sassier and spicier and feistier and they have more knowledge and they have more understanding. I believe they're literally different beings. Mm -hmm. And we have, we're either trying to parent them with techniques that are 30 years out of date, yes. which I'm sure most of us have already found backfires. Yes. <laughs> that does not work. Um, or some of the newer methods, which are lovely, and I don't want anyone to hear me say that they're not lovely. They are wonderful. But when you're really reflecting on your, your awareness and your own issues and, and um, coming from that place, first of all, it's very hard to do. Mm -hmm. And secondly, if your kids are feisty and they're misbehaving or they're aggressive and they're pushing back on boundaries, which children are, mm -hmm. those beautiful strategies aren't going to help you when your kids is telling you to shut up and splashing water in your face when you're trying to get them out of the bath, right? So, so I think what, we're, what I feel like connected parenting has been doing for a long time and we're really doing it now is we're bringing together connection and empathy and that inner understanding and really being aware of your own issues and really meeting your child where they are. Mm. And, and this is the important part, being a really good frontal lobe. Cause I tell yes. parents, you're, you're not a parent. You're a substitute frontal lobe. Oh, you're providing a brain function. You're not mean your frontal lobe, right? Mm -hmm. So setting those limits, um, bringing that containment in a loving, neutral way mm -hmm. is absolutely critical. So the frontal lobe's job is to inhibit organize, prioritize, motivate, switch activities, focus, all of that stuff, all things that are parenting. <laughs> That's all we do all day long. Get in the bath, get out of the bath, get in the car, get out of the car, like stop it, do this, eat that. Like, so, and, and, and so we have, sometimes have a sense as parents, like why do I have to say that 50,000 times? Because you're providing a brain function. The expectation that you say something once and it works is a myth. That's not how it works. Yeah. So it's the bringing together of those two things, I think that's quite unique. And so just, just so our listeners are clear, so the two things around, we are frontal lobes, right? And as well, so what would you say the second thing is? Just so. So I would even say it's the first thing. The first thing is that we're providing that compassion and that empathy and that yes. connection, right? Yes. So when you are deeply connected to another, well, okay, so let me just give you the kind of science behind it. The technique that I teach is something called mirroring, which we'll get into in a moment. I actually call it the calm technique. And in that technique, you are 
fully aware and fully present. You are, um, you take your agenda, which is stop that, cut it out. Why would you do that? Don't talk to me that way. You get, you get, you get to bring it back. I promise because you are a frontal lobe, a substitute frontal lobe. But in those moments of deep connection, oxytocin is releasing. Oxytocin is a very powerful hormone uh, and neurotransmitter. It strengthens the immune system. What could be more, more important right now? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Yes. Um, it's, it speeds up neuroplasticity. So you learn better. You remember things better. It builds emotional resilience. Yes. It is an antidote to addiction. Um, it, uh, it, when you use uh, any kind of these deep listening techniques, not only does your child get these amazing benefits in their brain, but you do as well. There's a bounce back. So you're getting that. Um, and that's medicine. Mm. So I teach parents that language and love is medicine and oxytocin is the love drug. Oh, and it makes you look younger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's some <laughs> evidence showing that. So that's just a bonus. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty powerful. Mm. Now the the good news is most of us are pretty good at this with babies. We all do this very, nobody picks up a baby and goes, hi, how are you? Like, no, you look at a baby and you go, oh my goodness, look at We just do it naturally. That's mirroring. Right. And we all do it quite naturally until our children um, start to acquire language. Mm-hmm. So right around the time of language acquisition, we start to drop our mirroring. So the, the example that I always give is let's say you have a little baby and they're in the bath and you're getting them out and they're fussing because they're cold. Nobody would say, this is ridiculous. You had a bath every night for four months. You're fine. Like people would look at the baby and go, oh my goodness, look at you. You're cold and this yes. towel's scratchy. And the baby doesn't know what you're saying, but the baby sees on your face a perfect representation of what they're feeling inside, which stimulates the mirror neuron cells in the brain, which release the reward chemicals, oxytocin being one of them, endorphins and opiates, natural opiates being another soothing the baby, bringing them out of fight or flight into an oxytocin-based moment. And that's what we do quite naturally. Now, what do we do with our four-year-old who won't get out of the bath or our two-year-old? Get out of the bath, please. Mm -hmm. Mommy's getting upset. Mm -hmm. Mommy's going to start getting, look at your brother. He's already in his pajamas. Why can't you ever listen to me? Just one, two, three, three and a half. Now (laughs) we're doing something very different, right? So what I teach parents is you start with the connection first. You connect before you correct, which releases all those beautiful reward chemicals, which creates a moment of emotional safety. And then you can come in and be the frontal lobe and it won't work a hundred percent of the time. Every time that's, that's not even, that's, that's not a thing. That's impossible. Right. Right? Um, But it will help a lot, a tremendous amount actually. I like I just love all of this and I and I love it because it is so true it is so natural for us to connect with little tiny babies and that mirroring um technique and just being able to strategize with that you know I think it does take so much pressure off the self of like what does this mean about me or am I doing it right or am I doing it enough when we don't have that t- technique or even the idea that we're the substitute frontal lobe like for me when I hear that it's like I have a job to do like yes. I've got to show up for you and teach you and I, I even notice with my daughter she's 20 months that if my face is kind of like this when I'm taught, like no one can see that, but you, but uh, when I'm not smiling, like sometimes I'll ask her something, she'll look at my face and she'll check to see, 
you know, what's mom's face saying to me and how do I tune into that? And it's like, oh, they are constantly gauging their responses based on ours constantly. Right. So, and for parents, because I find like parents tend to polarize like everything else in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, parents are either, this is ridiculous. We need to set some rules around here. This child needs to learn. Or we're like, oh my gosh, she's a little tired. She's hungry. And there, and then you end up sort of, um, Certainly in a couple, you can overcompensate for what you believe is a weakness in the other one's parenting when the truth is you're both right. Yes. Just bring it to the middle, right? So when you're, so, so I really think for the parents who have a tougher time setting limits or worrying that they're hurting their child's feelings if they say no or that they're going to damage their psyche by giving them a time out, you are providing an essential brain function. It takes 25 years to grow a frontal lobe. Yeah. That's who you are. That is your job. You are not mean. You are a frontal lobe. And as long as you're doing it in a neutral way, if you're parenting from a place of fear, Mm -hmm. well, so let's talk about it this way. We only have two emotions, humans, only two, Mm -hmm. love and fear. Mm -hmm. So anger and rage and gossip and jealousy and bitterness and all of that stuff, cheating, all that stuff is all fear. Fear, yeah. So when we parent from fear, which of which anger is, um, our children are gauging and they're watching us. So if it's like, stop it, why would you do that? You're not supposed to stand up on that. You're going to hurt yourself. That's a very different reaction than, oh, you know what? I love you way too much to let you be up there. And I don't care if you're mad at me. Yeah. We're getting down. Like that kind of energy comes from such a solid place of love. And children are little, they're little radio receivers. Mm-hmm. They, they are picking up on all of our nonverbal language. They can tell if we mean it or if we don't. And if you're parenting from that, what I call that pit in your stomach, where you're like, oh, God, I hope this works. Oh, please, let's just get through this. You're done. Yeah. Over. They've already picked up on that, and you're in big trouble. Oh, yeah. And just the energy around that, too. Like, I think they're just little beams of energy, and they they basically know what you're going to do energetically before we even get to that point, right? Absolutely. (laughs) They're super, super intuitive kids. They're they're feelers. We we are born that way, too, but we lose it over a lifetime, or we... Shut it down. Yeah, Yeah, we shut it down. And children are very, very, they're little energy beings. They're reading facial expressions and they're feeling energy all the time. Yeah. So what I would love for you to share too on is setting limits right from like a boundary point. And I think a lot of the conversations that I'm having with moms is the relationship with partners, we'll say just partners. So parents and the relationship between the two. And you had mentioned, you know, if one is like, you know, the two extremes, we've got to meet in the middle, we've got to be that neutrality. You know, what would you say is one of the biggest things that's getting in the way of parenting and showing up and being that front, that substitute frontal lobe? Okay. So there's a, so I got a big answer for this. So we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll dive, we'll deep dive into this. I think there's a number of things that, that have contributed to this. One, I think kids are literally coming in different. They have more knowledge. They have more understanding. They are just different. I think they've evolved there. And we're trying to use outdated ways to parent them or ways that don't involve enough active frontal lobiness on our part. Okay. Um, so that's one thing. The other is you can see how much the world has changed and how much information has changed for children. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, if I think about when I was a kid, the shows that I watched, they were shows where chaos would happen, there'd be a problem, but it was always the adults that fixed it. Mm-hmm. It was the grandparent, it was the uncle, it was the principal, it was the nice old man in the shop. Like there was a sense that adults were, could be trusted and adults were con- in control and adults had children's best interests at heart. Right. Um, and those were, those were constant messages um, that children were seeing. And, and 
starting about maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, programming really changed to kids being sarcastic, smarter than adults. Um, All of the adults in all of the kids programming that's been going on for a long time are they're idiots. Basically they're Mm. silly, ridiculous, stupid people who don't know what's going on. Only the kids know what's going on. Mm-hmm. chaos and trouble happens and it's the kids that come up with the solution and there are very few shows right now that break that mold mm-hmm. and now I don't even know what kids are watching they're not even watching shows they're watching things that are happening so rapidly I don't even I can't even follow the plot mm-hmm. they're not even mm-hmm. watching tv anymore they're watching youtube but um there's been a constant message that children are in charge okay and that has been it's gone from what's called a parent-centered model mm-hmm. to a child-centered model Mm. I think that was well-meaning, that shift, and there were a number of different um, parenting movements that sort of came about maybe 20, 25 years ago. Messages like, you know, don't say no, it's, you know, it's humiliating for your child, don't put your child in a timeout, you're going to destroy your sense of self, and I think that all of those things are well-meaning, but the thing that was forgotten is that children are not many adults. That's right. They're not. They are not many adults, and they don't want to be mini adults and their behavior um, will get very extreme in an effort to feel contained, to feel safe. So let me give you an analogy that I think really helps. Mm -hmm. So, and no one can fly right now anyways, because of the situation we're in, but Mm -hmm. imagine you're on an airplane. Mm -hmm. It is a bumpy, turbulent, terrifying, and frightening flight. And you are petrified. You are white knuckling it. And the captain decides he's going to wander down the aisle and say, Hey everybody, how are you guys doing? (laughs) Like we can go 28,000 feet if you want. I could try 30. I could try going around the storm. What do you guys think? How are you going to feel as a passenger on that plane? Get back in that. (laughs) Nuts. Drive the plane. I'm a passenger. (laughs) Now, for the sake of argument, we'll say the cockpit door is open and the captain's in there screaming and yelling. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this red button is flashing and why isn't the control tower answering me and they don't pay Mm -hmm. me enough for this job. How are you going to feel in that seat? Totally. Yeah. Right. Terrified. So that is how we look sometimes to our children. Hmm. That is a brilliant analogy. Right. We're supposed to be flying the plane. Mm-hmm. They want us to fly the plane. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what they want. Mm-hmm. So we have to do a better job. And this is where the couple piece comes in. Each parent often, and we usually, not always, but we often pick people who compliment us. We right. would say, a lot of people say opposite attracts. I think we pick people who compliment totally. us. And as long as you see your partner, your spouse, whoever you're co-parenting with as a compliment to you, um, instead of an affront or an offense to you, mm-hmm. then you're going to be on the right track. Right. Because the truth, that balance point is in the middle. You do need to be a good frontal lobe. You do need to fly that plane. Right. But screaming and yelling isn't going to do it. That's just as terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. honey, please, please, could you get off the counter? I don't want you to yeah. fall. Honey, could you please get off? Could you please get off? Kids are like, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's a question I can say no to, right? Yeah, yeah totally. But they really want to have this sense that you are in charge. And I know this because I talk to children every day. It's yeah. my job <laughs> every day and have for years, whether they're teenagers or little kids. And they really want to feel you, you show love in two ways through compassion and empathy and connection, and through loving, predictable, consistent, and fair limits. That is just. You know, in my world, it makes complete sense. I feel, you know, as a social worker and and coach in this world, just really wanting to create emotional safety. You said that earlier, emotional safety. I feel like that has been such a, an expansive kind of conversation. How do we connect emotionally, but still show up and give those limits, right? And you had said, you know, about 
the extremes, right? We don't want to say no because it's like exhausting. And then we also want to not do timeouts, right? But they are the extremes. It's we, we really do need to focus on the middle and really things that we can control. And I think it's really important what you're saying around building emotional resilience, mm-hmm. right? Because emotional resilience, I believe, is like that's how you're, we're going to bounce back. That's how we're going to create that you know, that bucket of hope, when, no matter what goes yeah. on, right? Because yeah. I know for me coming from uh, a fear mindset, that's technically where I used to be and, and can go in there quite a bit. Um, yeah. It is one of those things where it's like, what is the one thing I can do that I can help my daughter create or build? What is that foundation so that no matter what goes on in her life, she knows that she is safe, that she is loved and that, you know, she's got that foundation because she's going to get her stuff. She's going to hit stuff and we want Mm -hmm. her to go through stuff, right? Yes. Necessary. Exactly. I want that um, emotional resilience or those tools, that armor to really know that she is worthy of, you know, asking for help or for bouncing back or for crying her eyes out. This is a really important conversation because the other piece of the big answer that I didn't finish, which fits in perfectly to what you're saying, is because we have overparented, we have helicoptered, we have Mm -hmm. solved every problem and called the teacher every time something isn't right and and stomped in and told the principal, why isn't my child in class with her friends? And we've gone crazy. We have Mm -hmm. literally gone crazy. And the message that I want parents to understand is healthy adversity is critical to good mental health. It is critical. And if you don't teach your children these lessons, life will. And guess what? Life is a much harsher teacher, right? So allowing your children to make mistakes, to fall down, to feel sad, to recover from things. And a really good example, and I've been going through this for years, like the beginning of every school year, Mm -hmm. parents get in a flap. My daughter's friends are in the other class. This is terrible. And and being a mother myself, I've seen this. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, three days later, your kid doesn't care. <laughs> they don't care. They've made new friends. And not only that, they learned that something can feel impossible. Something can feel mm. so sad. Like, how am I going to get through this? This is so sad. And that sadness is very important. Yes. Sadness is not something to fear. No. And then three days later, they have new friends. And now you have something you can say, oh, look at that. You're sad about this. Remember at the beginning of the year when you thought you weren't going to have any friends? Now what? So it's helping parents really understand. And and, and this is all so loving, but I think parents are so hard on themselves. Yes, I agree. They're so tough on themselves and they're making it so much harder on them. And they're tough on each other. Yeah. Parents are very judgy of each other and we need to change that because that's just not a good thing. Yeah. Because I Um, wonder if some of the parenting styles or techniques are coming from what will other parents think? So do I have to show up and do this way? And there's that confusion or even that disconnection to self, like who am I and who am I as a parent? You know, who am I as a, as a mother? And part of redefining motherhood in this community is about living life on our terms, which really is about who am I on the inside? Who do I want to show up and be? Because I don't have to be my mother or her mother or the mother next door. And what could be a better lesson for your child, especially your daughter, mm-hmm. than showing up as you? That's right. Right. That's there's. Right. I don't think there's anything more important than that. So I think, and I want to say too, when, be, when parents parent this way, I say this with love. People think they're doing the right thing. They're not going in there going, I'm going to screw things up for everyone else and make my kid happy and I don't care. That's not what people are thinking. They're thinking, oh my God, this is terrible. I can't watch my child suffer this way. I'm having a really hard time tolerating her pain. Mm-hmm. And here's where things get tricky. If you can't tolerate your child's pain, because you said this a few minutes ago, your child watches your face, right? You make any kind of face she's watching. Yep. So if they come to you and say, I didn't get invited to this party or... 
my friends are all in the other class or whatever, or you're mean and everyone else goes to bed at this time. Why am I going to bed at this time? And your experience in that moment is, oh, I don't know if I can, if I can tolerate my child being so sad here. Your child then looks at you and goes, oh, ooh, mom is having a hard time with this. This is worse than I thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should be more upset about this. So this, this gauging the response thing is very, very important. We need to trust our children. They are stronger than we think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of, I, I call it sort of, you know, channeling your inner Mary Poppins. <laughs> Maybe slightly nicer Mary Poppins, <laughs> but, a, but a Mary Poppins. Yeah. Like that kind of energy where they know that, that you're in charge and you don't have to be perfect. In fact, if you try to parent your children and you're perfect, you're going to mess them up anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, they're, they're going to think that it's like, oh, mom did everything perfectly. Mom never had a bad day. Mom and dad never had a bad day. Mom and life. mom never had a bad day. Yeah. It's like, and what? When you, you know, when you yell at somebody or you lie or you do something that's inappropriate, there's going to be a reaction back. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be someone going, it's okay, honey. Here's mm-hmm. all the reasons why it's okay. Like that's mm-hmm. just not anywhere. And any reality is not going to be a thing for them. Mm-hmm. So it's actually really important to understand that healthy, I'm not saying kick your kids out and it's all Lord of the Flies. I'm saying embrace some healthy adversity. Here's another metaphor that I think will really help parents. Mm-hmm. If you have a child where you have, you know, done your best never to get mad and you've tried never to get upset and you bought them everything they wanted and you fixed every problem they'd ever had and you made, they were sure they were invited to everything they weren't invited to. And you're going out and having an ice cream and your child is enjoying that ice cream and then it falls on the floor. Mm-hmm. That child is going to be hysterical. And guess why? Because that is the worst thing that's ever happened to them in their entire life. Yes. You're not changing anything, okay? You're just making the smaller things hit harder. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. all you're doing. So I really want parents to understand that the brain builds itself. You are also not only your frontal lobes, but you're the architects of your children's brains. Mm. So when your children are having lots of these experiences, good and bad, um, we all hope that our children don't experience terrible, but we do want some healthy adversity. Mm-hmm. When that happens, the brain is developing neurological hardware and programs Yes. To handle trouble when it comes. And people, trouble always comes. Always. always. It is. It's one of those things that, you know, giving myself permission that I'm not always going to be there, right? And really coming from a place of like, how can I build those blocks? You know, I'm also love science of the brain. I'm into neuroplasticity, we'll say. I just, I, I really think that that has in my mind, giving me permission to not take everything so personally. Cause it's like, this is like, this is going to happen. This is part of the brain functioning. And it is my responsibility to show up and give her that container to go into. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's just in the little things for sure. And I'm definitely not getting it all right. But I think that for me, just as a mom, I've had to let go of trying to do it all because I'm not always going to be there and I've had to simplify. So focusing on the building blocks and partly a lot of it is a lot of what you teach and the work that you are bringing into the world. Um, and I will say like, she's 20 months. I would say she's a spicy, feisty girl. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's good. She's going to change the world one day. See these children that are so spicy, I believe mm-hmm. they're the ones that are going to have the strength and the energy and the power to, to roll over paradigms to actually mm-hmm. really change. And we're certainly at a point in our lives right now, everyone on the entire planet. Yes. Which one has that ever happened that all of us have had the same problem, but yeah. we're seeing that the three main pillars, education, healthcare, the financial system are all in need of a serious overhaul. This is a huge mm. awakening, I think for all of us. And we can either, 
listen, it's a hard thing everyone's going through and it's a scary thing, but it is an opportunity to come out of this social isolation period, mm-hmm. better parents, better humans, mm-hmm. uh, taking care of each other in a way that we never really thought. I don't know what else could have shaken us up to actually see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the other thing that I think is so important and you really touched on this is it, it is our job to prepare our children for the world. And that resilience piece is really important. So the more that you mirror, which I'll actually teach everyone in a second, mm-hmm. and, you, and you have that connection, the stronger and more resilient your child becomes. So if you yell, let's say you're on the phone and your kid comes in and says, mommy, 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 you're not, get out, I'm on the phone. And we say something not nice and then they go away and cry, okay? Mm-hmm. We feel terrible about it. First of all, it's not the end of the world. When you bug people, sometimes they get upset. When you're nasty, sometimes people yell. You're not going to help your child by giving them a false sense of what their behavior is going to bring back to them. Now, mm-hmm. if yelling is your primary technique, that's not going to work. If once in a while you snap, yeah. you're human. Yay! And quickly, <laughs> yes. So a big part of connected parenting is using mirroring to repair. Oh. So you come back later and you're like, oh my gosh, you really wanted my attention. I could see how important that was. But you know, I was talking to grandma on the phone or whatever it is. But the best part of all is when you use this method, which we'll get into in a second, your children have so much resilience that when you say, get out, I'm on the phone, they're like, eh, what's with her? She's a crab today. Instead right. of cool, being devastated, right? Right. And not taking it personally or thinking they did something. I mean, uh, yeah, my go-to is like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. 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 So that is brilliant. Mirroring to repair. That yes. is that it's just, I feel like that just sums up everything I've ever learned in just three words. It's the greatest thing. That's what wow. I, that's my favorite. That is probably the thing I'm the most proud of with connected oh, parenting is it gives gosh. parents so much freedom and I'm totally open. There's tons of times where I blow it and yell and my parents are like, you should read your, my kids, I mean, <laughs> you should read your own book. And I'm like, you know what I have three times. Um, I, listen, we're human yes. and the expectation that we're going to do something perfectly First of all, it's impossible. Yeah. It's not even healthy to give your kids. And the, the place I want moms in particular to come from is like, would you want your children to be like that as adults? Right. Do you want your child to be that kind of mother where she puts everyone ahead of her, where mm-hmm. she does everything and, and, and apologizes for everyone and just does it herself because it's easier? Do you want that for your daughter? Of course no. not. No. So if you don't want that for your daughter, then we need to not do that for, to ourselves. Totally. Right? Our kids are watching us. They are always watching. And so are our boys. Yeah. Not just our daughters. Our sons are watching. Yeah. We're shaping them and how they see and what they expect from, from women and from girls and from themselves. And this is, this is big stuff. And it really means being more free to be who you are within the context of this pretty amazing system. Right. It's that safe container, which I think is great because it's the, the boundaries and the limits for both parents and for children. And I have really thought about my home, but my heart more, more I'll say is like, that is their safe house. You know, like my heart, my, my words are her safe house. And, um, I really just want to create that connection within her. Um, and so when you said mirroring is all about, you know, the repair Mm -hmm. and how that can bring so much freedom, I think for a lot of us, we're running around feeling like we don't have a choice and we're always reacting, reacting and reacting. There's never time. And sure enough, here we are Mm -hmm. on a global, you know, you yeah. know, all of us are feeling this and we've all got time. We're using it differently. And so now we have an opportunity to do things differently. And I think simplifying for sure. Yeah. 
and focusing on those things that are really going to make a big difference. So so this model itself really teaches you how to respond Mm. instead of how to react. Yes. Right. So that's a really important thing. Um, and let's bring, we'll bring it back to what's happening in the world. Cause I actually think that's really yep. relevant, but yep. do, do you want me to dive into the calm technique? Yeah. I mean, if you would, if, yeah, I think we totally. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of talked about the beginning part that, you know, you, most of us are pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. Then around the time of language acquisition, we start to drop it. Right. One of the big phrases that I want people to kind of really take in is connect before you correct. Right. Yes. So just taking that few moments. To whether it, and by the way, this doesn't just work on your kids. This works on husbands, wives, colleagues, coworkers, anybody. It is literally a superpower. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Um, it's amazing. And once you get good at it and it takes some practice, um, you will literally feel like you have this incredible superpower that you're walking around with. Mm. So, so mirroring is actually um, a, a technique from self-psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably learned about that in school also. It's, it's very dense. It's very complicated. Heinz Ford is brilliant, and he was years and years and years ahead of his time in terms of neuroscience and neuroplasticity, but it's not the easiest model to translate. But I fell in love with it, and I thought, this is, this is incredible stuff. Like, why doesn't the whole world know this? Mm-hmm. And so very early on, maybe 20, 25 years ago, I started to build in my mind this method, this connected mm-hmm. parenting method. And at first... Um, I, when I was kind of doing it, other, other therapists were like, oh, you, this is a therapy technique. You can't teach it to parents. Their parents aren't capable of doing it. It's, there's too much you know, counter-transfers and transference. And I thought, you know what? Who better? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like I can't think of anyone better right. to, to do it than the parents. So I started to build Connected Parenting a long time ago. And I started with this idea of mirroring. Mm. And, so, and what I've done is I've adapted into what I call the calm technique. This is my sort of style. This is how I want to really understand it and teach it. Okay. So there's four things that you're going to do. The first thing you're going to do is connect, which means you're using your body, your face, your shoulders, everything nonverbal to demonstrate to that other human, whoever they are, that you are present. You have dropped your agenda, which is don't talk to me that way. What are you doing? And why are you treating your brother that way? And I told you 50 times to do this. Just drop it. You get to bring it back. But for the moment, it is suspended. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you're going to affect match. So you're going to make sure that the look on your face is similar, not exact, because that's weird, but similar (laughs) to your child. So if your child is very sad and they come home and say, I thought Joshua loved me, but it turns out he loves so-and-so, instead of smiling because that's cute, Mm -hmm. you would go, oh, Mm. you thought Josh loved you? And it's sort of being present in that moment. It's daring to be there. Yes. It's staying in that moment, in that place where your child is, which is very hard for us to do as a parent, but it's so important. If you cannot show your child that you can hold and contain their sadness or their anger in that moment, they're going to stop showing you that. Right. They're going to be like, well, I'm upset. Mom gets really upset when I'm upset or dad gets really upset when I'm upset. So now I'm not going to tell mom anything because Mm -hmm. I can't handle two layers of upset. So I'm just going to tell her I'm fine when I'm not. That's so true. I'm going to have a temper tantrum instead of tell her. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's really important that we, we can do that. And that means being quite brave. There's, yeah. there's nothing harder for a mom, especially, than seeing your child in pain, mm-hmm. okay? especially mm-hmm. if they've been bullied or picked on or, or this, had a deep and devastating disappointment. I mean, it's gut-wrenching for right. us. Yep. Um, but we have to be able to hold that mm-hmm. and manage that so that we can create space for our children to be sad because mm. okay? they, they can't handle both. Mm-mm. 
Um, and we'll talk about some strategies around but that. So that's the second thing you do. You're going you're gonna to be present in that moment with them. You're also going to take your agenda, yes. which is you better listen to me or stop that and it's bedtime and whatever, um, and you're going to put it aside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then is the L. So this is where you're going to be listening. Mm-hmm. So you can paraphrase what your child just said. We'll go through an example in a second. You can summarize what your child just said. You can clarify what your child just said, or you can wonder out loud. And I can, I'll take you through an example and show you. Um, and, but all of that with the affect. Right. And the final thing is the M, and that's the mirroring. Now, you're a therapist, so you'll get this. And if, mm-hmm. and if anyone who's listening is also a therapist or has been you know, a teacher or been trained in active listening or empathic listening, it is not empathic listening. Mm-hmm. It is a completely different technique. Right. So things like, I understand that must be so difficult. And what I'm hearing is that you're, no, that's no, not, just don't do that. <laughs> no. And, and, and listen, there's nothing wrong with the technique, but it is no. not going to have the de-escalation effect and it's yes. not going to have the neurological effect right. that I'm talking about. Yes. And for very bright kids, they're like, why are you saying everything that I'm saying? I just yeah. said, what book are you reading now? Like they, <laughs> they'll feel it. They, and we do too. I call yes. it the customer service response. I understand, ma'am, that must be very frustrating. I understand that's hard for you, but see how there's a lilt? You can hear the butt coming. Yeah, you can, totally. The trickiest part with this technique, and it it does take some practice, is understanding the difference between those two things. Okay. Right? So so Mm -hmm. maybe the best thing to do would be an example. Yeah. Do you want to use, would you feel comfortable using example with your own daughter? For sure. Is there a thing? Give me a thing. Give Give me a moment. Give me some chaos. Okay. So the chaos right now at 20 months is diaper changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay, we have perfect. been trying lots of different methods. And I would say I even, you know, I tried to like, yeah, not even because we're, we're still stuck. Sometimes she will lay down on her back. No problem. Willingly. That is a very rare thing. Um, I ask permission. I try lots of different ways, but it's just, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's something very interesting. And it's, it, there's a, I know there's a movement around asking your kids permission and I get it because we're mm-hmm. trying to teach about body, but that's one of those frontal lobe things mm. that you're not really asking permission. You have to change. I your have diaper, to change it. You want yeah. her to poop all over your house. Like, yeah, you like really I've got to change it. Maybe if she's outside in the backyard and it's warm, that's a different story, but that's yeah. not actually something true. No, it's so, totally so, right. And she's 20 months and she knows it. Yeah, she knows. She knows, right? Yeah, she knows. So, so we can talk about how to do that in a respectful way, but knowing that you are the frontal lobe in that situation. So the first thing I would suggest is, first of all, just imagine, what if somebody wrestled you down mm-hmm. and started making you wear something you don't want to wear? Like, imagine for a moment, like, that's a horrible feeling, right? No, I, I do imagine that. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, how do I get to this? <laughs> right. And just because they're almost two doesn't mean it's not frustrating right so one so the first thing you have to do two things one you have to center yourself in love mm-hmm. if you were if you were automatically starting with oh god oh we did this again and oh my god and sit still and all that if that's the energy you're already kind of in trouble right if you center yourself channel mary poppins okay <laughs> you're channeling that energy where you know that this is going to be okay that you, this is done for love this is done because of hygiene this is something she has to do no matter what fuss she makes this is going to happen and you sit in that energy th- your daughter is going to read that energy right and right away she's going to go oh mom's in charge yeah, yeah. It's, it's an energy thing. Yeah, okay? totally. it really is. If you are thinking, dear God, I hope this works, you've already <laughs> lost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing. 
Uh, front loading is really important. So if you know it's getting close to time for a diaper change, you start talking about it then and you say, and you start with Mary, you know what? Totally get how much you don't like to lie on the thing and it's boring and the diaper feels whatever. And you shorten your language because you're going 20 months. But yeah. what you want to do is in a, in a preemptive way, just join with her around that. Oh, I so get it. Like, and you want to have affect, right? Okay. It's not like, I know you don't like your diaper change, but you still have to, that's not the right look. Mm. Then when it's time to get on the, on the, up on the change table, you look in her eyes, you eye gaze. Okay. okay? When you eye gaze, oxytocin flows mm. and you rub noses and you say, oh, I know what's about to happen. It's about to change me diaper time. And you don't like that very much, but you know what? I love you. And I believe in you. And I think we got this. So I'm going to give you a minute and then you give me a signal when you're ready. Oh my God, I love it. Now, I'll tell you what to do when it doesn't work. Okay. (laughs) Probably 95% of the time it will, but there'll be a little cheeky monkey who won't do it. But most of the time when you back up and you give them a little bit of time to make a choice, Mm -hmm. they will do it. Now, when she does it, don't go, oh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for being so good. Then that's way giving her too much power. And she's right. like, note to self. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I can really please mommy with this, which means I can really displease mommy with this. True. So then it's just business as normal. Right. And make the change table a time where you're looking in her eyes and you're rubbing noses mm-hmm. and you're kind of having, get, get her to kind of associate as much as possible that time with an oxytocin bath. Mm. Right. If you can have um, a little ritual, children love rituals. Is there a special basket she can go run and get the diaper out of? Is there a special toy that she can be holding while you're having the diaper? Is there a piece of music that you can play while she's getting her diaper changed? Is there a song that you can sing? Um, I love all of this. I feel like... I feel like I have done a lot of that stuff in all of the other, you know, hygiene moments, brushing the teeth, like doing a lot of that stuff. And then when it comes to diaper change, I just like, I I have blanked out because it's almost like, I know that it's, you're right. I know that it's going to be a battle. Um, And, and I have done the whole like, okay, Hannah, we're going to change your diaper soon. Like we're going to, you know, I've done that. Like, and I love that you called that front loading because that's totally what I even even watch this tone. Like if it's like, okay, we're going to change right. your diaper soon. So you have to be ready. Hear my energy there. It's like, yes. I'm thinking it's not going to go very well. Yes. So give you this little front loading thing. Maybe it'll go well. See the energy? Yeah. The yeah, energy yeah. Thing. That's yeah. from fear. Yeah. 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 It's now, not I'm love. not saying you did that, but it just made me think that a lot of us would do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But if it's like, Hey babe, you know what? I'm going to do the diaper change a little bit. Get your, get yourself ready. Yeah. I know you can do it. We got to yes. do it. I know yes. you're going to be okay. If it's that energy where, you know, it's happening, it's that energy transfer mm-hmm. that she knows that she's safe. And, the crazy thing about kids, and I've had kids literally say this to me, is if they feel like there's a power exchange and they have the power, um, they keep pushing at their parent until they feel that hard line. Yeah. Like, why parents say, why do you only listen to me when I go? Right. Like, because that's when they believe you. Right. Because right? that's what, yeah. That's the the muscle that's been built over time. That's yes. what, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting yes. because for Hannah, um, just recently, like getting ready to go outside has been a breeze. Um, but recently it's like, we'll get everything on and she doesn't want to put her mitts on. And for the last like three times of going outside, she wouldn't put her mitts on. I was like, no, like it's actually freezing. We need to have them. It's one of those things, like it's a non-negotiable. So I just sat there and she, I, I can literally say I held the space. So it's interesting. Like 
all of these things that you're talking about, I've seen how they can work so well. You know, yeah. the first time it's a very big container. Yes. The second yeah. time it's a little bit quicker. And actually the, the first time she, she went up the stairs, walked into her room, came back and then was, and, and then I said like, are you ready now? And she's like, yes. And she put her mitts on no problem. The second day it was a little bit of a cry and then her mitts on no problem. Yes. And, and it was like, I could have given up. I could have said, no, don't worry about it. Um, and I have said to her, like, let me know when you're ready. Like if she's having a really big cry and she'll cry and then she'll look up at me and she'll go, okay. Oh, no. So I love it yes. because yes. it's right. It's right. It works. And I yes. haven't thought to do it with the diaper. I love yep. the basket idea. Yeah. There's lots of little things and just it's because you want to think about what you're associating with, but that's also a spectacular time to show such great respect and such a, mm. such connection and such love. You're so close to each other when you're doing that, right? You're nose to nose practically. Yeah. So the other thing that's important too about holding that space, and I have a lot of parents that say to me, I don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. I don't have time. I got three other kids. I got to get out the door, whatever. Uh, and that's true. Yeah. My answer to that is you don't have time not to. Because yes. if you do it the other way, it's yeah. going to be screaming and tantruming. And then you got one kid with the mittens on and now the other one doesn't have their mittens on and you're going to have chaos anyway. Yeah. So it is a bit of an investment. Yeah. It's back to the responding instead of reacting. And, and when you do lose it, put your hands on and we lose it. You can go back and repair. Do you remember yesterday when yeah. I told you to go live with the neighbors? Yeah. I didn't actually stop and think about, you know, like you can always go back. And the, the lovely thing about repair mirroring is that it gives you time to think about your response. Because sometimes it's really hard in the moment mm -hmm. to come up with that mirroring response. It takes quite a bit of practice. So when parents work with me, it, it's a... Uh, it takes a bit of a deep dive into these, these techniques sound pretty easy, but they're not, but they're yeah. so worth it. I mean, just the neurological benefits alone are incredible, but the overall calmness in the house is, it's priceless. Like, right. It's the investment beautiful. in that, in the investment in time. Like if we had to go to daycare that morning, there yeah. would have been not as much time, but I would say we probably sat at the front steps for 15 minutes and she was fine. She would go in and out of crying, but I was like, it, just you would have spent that with her fighting with you about the men's or right. kicking the backseat in the car when you're driving to daycare, right? And it was so, it was incredible because when she finally was like, okay, I was I wanted to get up and cheer from the top of my lungs because I knew it was a win in in boundaries yeah. and in brain but work. I like, let her know that. Yeah. And I was like, thank yeah. you, right? <laughs> Very normal. Very yeah. cash. Yeah. Like, and then I awesome. I'm like, yay. Right. But I always say to parents, don't have a parade. No, so let, no. let's let's use, and then we probably have to wrap up pretty soon, but let's let's do the calm technique with the mittens. Okay. Okay. What's your, what's your daughter's name again? It's Hannah. Hannah. Okay. So you're going to be Hannah. I'm going to ask you to put your mittens on. We're not going to do the cool way you did it because you actually did it in an amazing way. We're going to do it the way most of us have done at some point in our yeah. motherhood. <laughs> the other thing I would say too is you can always pick your battles too. Absolutely. And maybe mittens on that day because it was super cold was just not a battle. If you're not going to put your mittens on, then we're not going outside if yeah. that's the ultimate. Totally. But sometimes you can say, okay, you know what? Let's do an experiment. Let's figure out how this goes. Let's see how long it takes for you to put your, till you feel like you want to have your mittens on. And I promise I'm not going to say I told you so. I yeah. want you to learn. I want you to learn from the earth. I want you to learn from the cold. Let the cold talk to you. Mm -hmm. Like that's such a cool way to do it also, right? Yeah. But let's say that, you know, she, it, it, it's a thing that you have to do. Mm -hmm. So we're going to assume that she has to have her mittens on. So let's play this out. So give me your best, Hannah. So I'm going to say, Hannah, please put your, and I'm not going to mirror at all. The okay. first time we do it, I'm going to be like, 
a rushed, typical kind of, we've all been there kind of parent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, honey, yeah. please put your mittens on. You got everything else on. We have to go. No way. <laughs> really? No way. Honey, please put it on. It's cold outside. It is no. Cold outside. No. Okay. Why are you saying no? You put your mittens on yesterday and then we want to touch the snow. We want to make a snowman. Please put it on. Now Just she's wailing. On. Now she's wailing. screaming. Okay. So is there anything that I did there that made you want to put your mittens on? Not at all. <laughs> and what was happening energetically for you? I just wanted to continue to tell you that I didn't want to do it and you're not listening right. to me. Exactly. So I'm just going to get louder. Now this won't matter if it's um, about mittens or it's about a chore they don't want to do when they're older or a bedtime that they don't want to have or any time you are having a conversation with another human, if you are not acknowledging where they're coming from, they're going to keep doub doubling down. So as mm. we say things like, come on, cut it out, you better do this, or we're actually causing them to escalate because the message is she's not listening. Yeah. Mommy does not get this at all. I do right. not want those mittens on and she's not getting it. So her only option is to escalate. Yeah. I got to ramp this baby up so mom can actually see the depths of how much I don't want to wear these mittens. Now, the other thing that's happening is as they're protesting, cortisol is rising and so is yours. Yeah. As they're talking about how much they don't want it, they're like, oh my God, poor me. I'm right. I really do. So they're actually convincing yes. themselves more and more. Right. as they're talking out loud and arguing their point. So we're actually escalating our children instead of de-escalating our children. Mm. Okay, so now I would probably start this way. I'd say, awesome, you're all ready. Here's the deal, Hannah. We're, we're down to the mitten part. Not your favorite, right? Mm -hmm. I don't like mittens so much. Mm -mm. Tell me why, sweetie. Tell me what you don't like. What, what bugs you so much? What's the worst thing about mittens for you? I would say if she had all the words, she's literally telling me because she can't pick up the snow and play in it. And I totally Perfect. get that. <laughs> okay. So if you know that either because you know her or she yeah. managed to get that many words out. And remember, children don't have to have ex like sophisticated language here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hearing is, is actually designed for an infant brain. It's mm -hmm. designed pre-language. So when you use active listening, it sounds like you must be, you're actually causing the brain to have it go through the language center first and then hit the limbic system, uh -huh. which is the part of the brain that relaxes. When you're mirroring, it is a visual affect-based technique, which means it bypasses the language center. So the language doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. the look on your face and the connection that matters. Mm -hmm. So if you know that's what it is and you're like, oh yeah, because then it's so impossible to get a good grip on the snow. No wonder you don't want to. Okay, but here's the problem of the snow is really cold. And I know that your you know, fingers can really hurt when you do it. Can you think about it for a minute and just try to think how the snow talks to you and how the cold talks to you? And then in a minute, do you think you might be able to put your mittens on for a moment? Yes. So, right? right? She would say yes way. Yeah, she would. She would. And when she does, don't be like, see, aren't you yes. good? Don't do that. And when you're outside in the snow, see, don't you be better? Don't do that. We love yeah, to I don't that. like that. I don't like that. No, because I know how that makes me feel. I hate awful. the told you so part. Like I really no, especially if they're feisty, if they're little yes. gladiators. I call kids like this gladiators because mm -hmm. I think it's a great non-pathological title. They're just feisty. Yeah. So she's outside and that's it. Yeah. I, I love that thing. because there's two things that I love. Uh, no, I love all those conversations. Two things I would love for our mamas to, to really tune into is the idea that we're practicing these techniques Mm -hmm. And we all have the ability to do this. Yes. And we it is, all have this superpower in us. All it's of just us. Just it out. Yeah. And the idea that we get to repair through mirroring, because how incredible is it that 
if today I did not have the opportunity because of time to, to engage in that conversation and we ended up not wearing mittens, but that tomorrow I could go back and, and just have a conversation and match that through mirroring with her. I feel like that is such an incredible power for her as she grows as a human because then she gets to do the same. Instead of feeling that remorse or that guilt for feeling like she can't repair a relationship because... That's right. Or that we can't as the parent. Yeah. And sometimes the mirroring um, is better than having done it right in the first place. Like that message to your child that you thought about it, that you were reflecting about it, that you were thinking about them and you Mm -hmm. went back and did a repair is very, very powerful. And the rhythm of, of this kind of um, engagement is empathic uh, response. You get it right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work. Sometimes you're going to miss it. No, that's not it. That's not what. It, and you're going to get it wrong. And then you mirror the fact that you got it wrong. Oh, yes. my gosh. That's not even close to what you were trying to tell me. You were trying to tell me this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the empathic uh, repair, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's knowing that you always have an opportunity to go back and fix it. And always have choice. Always have choice. Yes. So with all of this, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, like so much for all of this. Because of the time that we're in, you had mentioned that a lot of this is really creating that, it's building that immune system. Yes, yes. This is huge. And I know- I've been been saying this for years and years and years. Way pre what's going on in the world right now. And so I know we are going to wrap up soon, but if you could share anything with our mamas that are listening- how, you know, what we've talked about today, how you believe that is cre- yes. like boosting the immune system. So let me, let me give you the science behind it. When you deeply engage with another person, in this case, your child, and that oxytocin is flowing, oxytocin releases in the brain through the mirror neuron cells, which then releases nitric oxide, which then releases um, a cardiovascular molecule that actually increases blood flow to the heart the heart actually has brain cells in it. People don't realize this, but it does. There are neurites in your heart. The heart can inform the brain. That's where intuition, that's where love is, that's where um, inspiration is, that's where flow is. When the heart and the head connect, that's called heart-brain coherence. And when that happens, the DNA relaxes and makes better copies of itself. I can't. I mean, I can give you a ton. Your telomeres get healthier. Like we can go on and on. Right. Just know that is medicine. Okay. Mm. Now I don't want people to think, Oh my God, all the times I've yelled, I've like destroyed my child's DNA. No, no. You just do the best that you can knowing that this is the best medicine. And I've already told people that through some of the negative things that happen comes resilience yes. and balance and learning what's good and what's bad and what is and what isn't. And all of those things are important. Okay. Mm. This isn't about being perfect. It is not, it's not about creating this perfect childhood for your kids. There's no such thing. If you never yelled at your child, they would go to work at 25. Someone would yell at them and they'd have a, a nervous breakdown on the floor. For sure. Right. So this is about um, balance. It's about parenting from a place of love, not fear. And when you screw it up, go back and repair. You yes. can fix it. Yes. So the, the, I, so that is where the immune system strength really comes from. And the ways that you can do that is connecting before, sorry, connecting before correcting, huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trying to use this calm technique and practice it as much as you can. You can't overdo it. Yeah. Um, I also want parents to know that um, dopamine, which is a chemical that kids get from video games and 
any kind of screens, buying new things, having new things. We get it from new stuff, clothes, drugs, whatever it is. Right. Dopamine um, is, is actually meant to be something that, that rewards you for doing something really hard and boring. That's what dopamine is supposed to be. Oh, building a shelter, fishing, hunting, <laughs> gathering. Right. Oh, right. I found it. Yay. And then you get a, ba- a blast of adrenaline, which helps keep us alive over the centuries. Right. So video games, children's programming, all of that stuff, they have big, I'm not saying that these things are bad, just use mm-hmm. them carefully, mm-hmm. are designed to constantly hit our brains with dopamine. So every time your child is upset and you have to hand them the iPad, Every time your child's upset and you give them your phone, mm. you are teaching them that I need dopamine to mm. feel better. Okay, this is really, really, really important. And the more dopamine you get, the more dopamine you need you the need next time to have the same thrill as the time before. Dopamine always leads to addiction and it leads to pleasure. Right. And we have confused pleasure and happiness. Okay. Yeah, totally. Happiness comes from oxytocin and serotonin, mm-hmm. from cuddles, from snuggles from the calm technique, from deep conversation, mm-hmm. from sharing a, a book or a story, cuddling, that's where you get serotonin from. You do not need more the next time to get the same blast as the last time, and that leads to happiness, which needs to, leads to resilience, which is the antidote to addiction, because I mentioned at the beginning. So really think about that, parents. That's really important. Mm-hmm. And so these chemicals in our addicted world, and it's harder than ever now that the kids are home all day mm-hmm. to really be thinking about these devices, mm-hmm. which, and I'm, I, I, it's funny, I, I, I'm pretty much a softie about a lot of things, but I feel like young kids should not have screens. They just shouldn't, not for a long time, or maybe only on the weekends. Imagination is a rare and beautiful thing that needs to be nurtured. We are losing it with our children. Right. I'm bored, I'm bored. No, let them play, yeah. let them do old things, let them the imaginary fairies and whatever else they need to do. Yes. Um, so the, the other piece that I want parents to really hear, and then we probably have to wrap up, is <laughs> through what I call baby play. And I don't care if you're listening to this and your kids are 17 or 20. Looking in their eyes, gazing in their eyes, rubbing noses, t- uh, telling them stories about when they're a baby, tickling them, having those beautiful moments floods the brain with oxytocin. Mm-hmm. It strengthens the immune system. That is the best medicine for both of you during this epidemic, during yes. this pandemic. Okay, yes. really, really important. One other quick. Um, I wish I had like hours to teach. I know. <laughs> this is why I'm giving away the. I'm, I'm giving yes. away the first yes. module for people. Yes. Um, the other thing, quickly, quickly, is adrenaline play. Okay. The kids don't have a fully formed frontal lobe. You're right. So they're looking all day long for stimulation. Right. Which is why they bug you and why they don't listen and why they do, they do things on purpose like, nah, 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 when you just told them not to do it or why they bug their siblings. They're looking for a hit. Okay. Adrenaline. Adrenaline is a stimulant stimulating the frontal lobe and bringing it into balance. Very similar to ADHD medication. Interesting. So when we yell and we finally snap, they're actually getting a boost of adrenaline. We're actually medicating our kids when we freak out. Interesting. Okay, so you don't want to be part of the problem. That's why right. it's neutral, very neutral, and pa- parenting from that place of love, not fear, mm-hmm. is really, really important. Mm. Okay, I'm like kind of. I'm not kind of. I am emotional. I am. Aww. I am so emotional for all of the right reasons because every. So here's what hit me. It was like we are in a global pandemic and everyone is at home and yes, we are managing workloads and there are a lot of new stressors, but we are at home and Mm -hmm. yes, maybe 
parents are going to use the screens more than more than not. But what I hear you share all of that, and thank you, is that everything that we need to create that love and that safety and emotional resilience is all within us. Like yes. we actually don't need anything other than you know, let's just call it the calm technique, like the loving, the baby play, all of that. Like I now more than ever, we have been, we are actually told to stay inside of our home. Now more than ever, we get to actually engage in baby play and turn the screens off. And I've I've been teasing my families that that have been following my work and the families that I've been working with (laughs) daily is like, this is what you've been in training for. This (laughs) is it. You've trained for this all this time. You're right. There's a rare moment. Yes, it's in the middle of something terrible, but Mm -hmm. there's this incredible moment in time where we can slow down. All of us are feeling it. All of us are feeling like, wow, okay, this is scary. And there's a lot of stuff going on, but we have had it backwards. We have been upside down mm-hmm. with the running and the buying and they got to have this toy and you got to take them here and you got to take them there. Um, it's all in us. Yeah. And, and if people want to start following connected parenting, I put tons of free stuff out there. You I do, always have it. I'm, I'm especially doing it now. Yes. Um, I can't remember if I put this up already, but I did a, a podcast on how to go on an interactive storytelling walk. Okay. With your kids. So I, we probably don't have the time to talk about it now, but look on the, either on iTunes and the Connected Parenting. I'll probably, uh, I'll, link it. I'll link it. I'll link it or it'll be on my website, but we, it, I love what you just said. It's mm-hmm. in us. You've got this. We've all got this. Yeah. It's, it takes that pressure of having to do it all. Cause actually right now is the time, like when we are doing baby play, like we were doing Hannah just all of a sudden started jumping and then like went right into a somersault on her bed and it was incredible. And it's like in those moments of baby play, um, that is like when you actually don't know anything else is going on because you're so present and you're there. Yes. Yes. And, and that's yes. what we are needing more of, right? That is what we're needing. So here's the other thing I want to tell parents. Listen to the news a little bit. I understand that people want to know what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. If there's something mm-hmm. huge, believe me, someone will tell you about it. Yeah. But don't have it blaring in the background. Don't be having conversations with your spouse or your partner or your friends or your mother on the phone with your little one listening. They hear everything. Agreed. Okay. And if their TV's on in the background and they're seeing masks and ambulances and all the scary images, just have little moments of the day where you get that information and the rest of the time stay in your bubble. The world is not going to be a better place if if you guys are upset and feeling horrible. Okay. Mm -hmm. The world's going to be a better place if you're making the best of this moment in time Mm -hmm. and you're doing your best to create um, peace and change one household at a time. Agreed. And building and using this um, as medicine and building our immune system, right? Like that is like actually what we are being called forward to do, right? So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I wish we had more time. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Thank you so much, um, Jennifer. And I will link everything that we've talked about and the special that you are sharing with the listeners today. It it was a free module for your Connected Parenting Masterclass. Um, So I created an online course that kind of deep dives sort of more than the the stuff that I have out there already, although there's enough free stuff that you could figure it out from there. But for people who just want to really deep dive and really get it, practice it. Um, so there's the online course. So it's me just talking like this through, I don't even know, like 30 modules. We've got professional videos in there showing the, the, the calm technique before and after there's a closed Facebook group for people. It's an amazing community where mm-hmm. people are helping each other. Um, and then I do online coaching calls that are part of that course. So I'm going to give everyone the first module of that, um, the more, more depth into it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so grateful. I am like, I don't even know. I'm going to send this to like everybody that I know.
Thank you so much for your time, especially during this time and bringing all of these resources that we all have within us um, to bring into our families because now more than ever, we have an opportunity to really do it differently. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am so grateful. I want to invite you to join our Facebook group, Redefining Motherhood More Than Moms. You can find the link in the show notes below. And if you want to find more information, more resources, and stories, you can subscribe to our weekly More Than Moms journal. I want you to remember that you are doing the best you can with the resources that you have. You are loved, you are worthy, and you are enough. You got this, Mama.